Welcome to the Living Word, the radio broadcast ministry of Living Word Church. Now, we've been on the issue of um, Christianity for several weeks now, I think about eight weeks, and um, there's so much to say that I don't even know when I'm going to finish this particular topic, but what's the rush? I mean, my job is to go through scripture and expound the word of God with you so that we are all built up in Christ Jesus to wholeness in Christ Jesus. And as I said earlier, uh, be independent of man, regardless of who they may be, anybody at all whatsoever in any kind of um, authority or circumstance, but be fully dependent on Christ, who alone is our Lord, who alone makes all things abound to us. The very author of life himself, who gave us life and who sustains us. It is Christ who sustains. It is Christ who forgives. It is Christ who liberates. And um, it is Christ who blesses us. And he has provided a place for us, for those who will trust him, with him for eternity. He is the one who who is going to come and rapture his church from the earth. He is the one who is going to bring to an end Satan's rule and dominion over the earth and the peoples and the habitats of the earth. So all things are complete in Christ Jesus. And so our our duty here, um, those of us who are ministers of God, not just anybody who claims to be ministers, but those of us who are ministers of God, our primary purpose, our only purpose, our singular purpose is, as we read last week in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, from verse 11 there, our purpose is to to prepare God's people, from verse 12, I take it now, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And the Bible says there from verse 14, Paul carries on and says, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. You see, we have this problem with a lot of men in the deceitful scheme. And this is what I've been talking about for the past four weeks in particular um, in this issue of what true Christianity really should be in comparison to what we have, what um, is generally called Christianity today. I have been talking about contradictory doctrines um, for the past four weeks. And I'm still carrying on about contradictory doctrines because there is so much to say. I mean, I discover, I, I see these people at work all the time. You know, and uh, this is exactly what Paul is saying. We are meant, true servants, uh, servants of God, are meant to build the people up into maturity so that we can all reach fullness and be mature in the knowledge of Christ so that we will no longer be tossed about by all winds of teaching, deceitful wind of teaching, con- by cunning and craftiness of men in, in their deceitful skimming, men whose only purpose, according to Peter, their God is their stomach, he said their God is in their stomach, that's all they have, all they worry about is how to scheme you and how to, uh, how to defraud the people with all kinds of rubbish and imaginary talk, all kinds of doctrine of demons, apparently, as, as the Bible describes them. Because when a person keeps telling you you are possessed and you are cursed and you are possessed and you are cursed, and as such they're offering you freedom and deliverance, who the heck is any man to offer anybody else freedom? We only find freedom in Jesus Christ. He alone, he alone can liberate anyone. 
And the liberation we need, actually, is the liberation from Satan's deception in the world. From being in bondage to Satan who makes us sin. That's what it's all about. Because as long as you're living in sin, in very many ways, as long as you're living in your sinfulness, you cannot know the Lord. You cannot abide in Christ. You cannot be with Christ. We know that we read in First John chapter 3 that whoever is born of, of God cannot go on sinning. The Bible says there that this is how we know who the sons of God and who the sons of the devil are. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Now, the only way that you can stop sinning is when you actually realize your fallen nature. When you realize your sinfulness into which you are naturally given birth. And then you come to Christ Jesus for forgiveness. In repentance, of course, not just coming and mouthing the word, sort of Catholic practice where you sin and then you go to confession one week and then you go back again and continue being yourself and you go back to confession every week and they tell you all kinds of penances to go and pay. That's not going to work. That is not forgiveness. No man has the ability to forgive. Let us not misunderstand what Jesus says that whoever you forgive on earth is forgiven in heaven. That does not confer on us that divine ability, that sovereignty of, of Christ alone to forgive our sins. No. But what the Lord was actually telling us there is not to hold grudges against one another. That's what the Lord is saying. So I can't say to somebody, oh, well, I'm not going to forgive you what you did. And that means heaven hasn't forgiven you. No, this person may well reconcile their issues with Christ. But then what I should remember is the Lord also said that if I don't forgive people what they do to me, I myself will not be forgiven by the Father. So you see, it's a Cat 22 situation. We have no choice then than to forgive one another when we sin against one another. But let's put that aside because that's not the, particularly the issue here. What I was saying is the priests and, and you know, such people in confessionals who um, tell you your sins have been uh, absolved or your sins have been forgiven, go and say seven Hail Marys or ten Our Fathers. They don't have the authority. You deceive yourself when you go to them. You should turn to Christ in repentance. And when you come to Christ... And you are forgiven, which you are when you confess your sins before the Lord and now say to the Lord, Lord, I give my life into your hands. I give you my life. The life you've given me, I give back into your hands. Do with it, Lord, as you please. Order my steps from this time on. Father, keep me in your, way, keep me in your ways and in your will. Show me the way to walk. And by that, you begin to study scripture and study the word of God and understand what the Lord is saying and, and obey Obedience is paramount. When you begin to obey the word of God, what it says, we don't try to rationalize it. You don't try to argue it away or explain your, your, your errors or sins away. You know, if Jesus says they shall not commit adultery, it means you will not commit adultery. You do not begin to rationalize it and say, well, the Lord, uh, Lord, the thing is, I have been faithful to my husband, but, you know, he's got mistresses all over the place now, and why not? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I only did it to, to, to make him realize what he's doing to me. No, you don't need such rationalization because God is not going to accept them. They're not acceptable by God. So, you know, when, when thou shalt not commit adultery to you means thou shalt not commit adultery. When thou shalt not steal means thou shalt not steal. Then you're walking in obedience. And then, that is when you know the word of God. And this is what our Lord then said in uh, John chapter 8, from uh, verse 31 there to 32. To the Jews who had believed him. Now, this is talking to the believers. Only to the believers. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. 
set you free from every kind of bondage, set you free from every kind of um, bondage and commitment to, to, to the law, which the Jews could not do. So they were in this sort of bondage, you know, and set you free from the bondage of sin. You know, it's amazing our people of the world, when you talk to them about Christ, they say they don't need Christ. They think they've got it made. They don't see why they should be under the control of any God. You know, they have their freedom. They enjoy their freedom. They're not even, they're not even free. They're in bondage. They tell you they're in freedom. Yet their lives are not going the way they want. Yet in, in, inwardly, they are full of misery. They're full of depression. They're full of anxiety. They're full of fear of the unknown, fear of tomorrow, fear of uncertainty, fear of the, the, the wealthy ones are living constant fear of losing what they've got, you know. And, you know, the, the more prominent ones live in all sorts of fears, fears of losing their looks because, you know, the, the people love them because of all their looks, albeit artificial looks, you know. But they live in all kinds of fear to all kinds of things. And people think they're in control. No, they're not in control. If they are in control, why are they addicted to alcohol? Why are they addicted to sex? Why are they addicted to drugs? Why? Why are they addicted to, to their careers and their jobs and, and, and their bosses and things and their money? Why are people hooked on these things? Why are people worshipping these little gods? They are little gods. Anything that takes the place of the almighty God who gave you life? The creator of all things in heaven and earth and beneath the earth. Anything that takes your affection, your primary affection off of him is an idol. And people think they're in control. Yet things are not working the way they want. They're miserable. The thing they're in control. Look at the state of the world. And the people think they're in control. The governments think they're in control. Nothing ever works the way they want. And the thing they're in control. And look at it all. And so we want to neglect God. And think, there is no God. I don't want to believe that. And if he does exist, well, he hasn't got control of my life. Yes, he has. He can snuff you out like a candle any time he so chooses. And that'll be that. Money, fame, popularity, wealth and all. Good looks and all. You will end up rotting like every other piece of flesh six feet under. So what's the point? What's the control you've got then? You've got absolutely no control. But I, on the other hand, those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we walk in freedom. Oh, yes. I have no fear of anything. No fear of the unknown. I have no fear tomorrow. Why? Because my tomorrow is certain in the hands of Christ. It's in his hands. He is the creator of all things. He handled my yesterday. Today is in his hands. He's handling today. So why do I have to fear tomorrow? Tomorrow is in his hands. And you know what? He is almighty God. All things are bound to him. He's got power and authority over everything, every situation, every circumstance. I have nothing to worry about. And nothing is unknown to me. I'm not saying to you I know where I'm going to be or what I'm going to be doing in 10 years' time. No. But it is all known to God, is it not? If it's all known to God, I trust him implicitly. So I don't worry about it. One thing I know, 10 years' time, I can categorically tell you I will still be preaching the truth of God. I will still be proclaiming the glories of Christ. I will still be preaching the resurrected Christ Jesus as long as I am still in, on this earth. I have done it unfailingly. Every day through 14 years, I will not stop. It is my lifelong career. I abandoned everything else I was doing for it. Of course, I still work. That's not to say I'm not working. I'm not one of the spiritual jobbers. Because what I've found, come to find out now is that um, I've come to realize is every person who's ever failed in some kind of business venture, everyone who is wallowed in unemployment, particularly in Africa, we have this problem. 
everyone is wallowed in unemployment and failed businesses for a very long time. Every loser who's trying to find some quick money somehow, make it rich in, you know, in a hurry, now picks up a Bible and, you know, stands somewhere on a pulpit and begins to proclaim themselves as servants of God. And these are the ones who are filling people's ears with a lot of heretical teaching and a lot of nonsense, doctrine of demons. Because if you're not in Christ, if you're not sent by Christ, you will have nothing to tell the people except lies and deception. And this is a problem. I'm sick of it. I'm watching them on, on television all the time, telling people about their curses over their lives. They want to break curses. What curses? They want to give them freedom. From what? They are themselves not free. I mean, Peter said it. Peter said, the promise will put freedom when they are themselves slaves, of de- slaves to depravity. They're breaking curses. And the people, it's amazing, isn't it? People are phoning in and saying, yes, I, I'd like you to pray for me to break this curse and break that curse. What curse? There are no curses anywhere. Let me tell you about this issue about curses. Look, there, there is only one curse that can really abound in a person's life. And the matter is very simple. If you are not in Christ... You are in the hands of Satan. There is no middle ground. If you are not in Christ, you are you're in Satan. Satan is accursed from God. So all his followers will carry on the curse. And as such, life will be miserable for such people because unfortunately, Satan, their leader or father, you know, <laughs> he's, um, he's not into blessing. He cannot make anybody's situation any better. He can't. He cannot give peace and he cannot give joy because he himself doesn't have them. You see? Now, he cannot give blessing because he himself is, uh, is cursed by God. So he's got no blessings to offer anyone. He'll lie to you that he has. Now, if you're in Christ Jesus, you are blessed because it, it is an automatic blessing from God if you're in Christ. This, you, 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 that means you are in. You belong to the Creator himself. We are adopted as sons. As many, the Bible says, as many as believed in him, this is in Christ, he gave the right to be called sons of God. Now, this is the only kingdom that has been from all eternity and that will be for all eternity. Every other kingdom will fall. The kingdoms of this earth, they will fall. The kingdom of Satan, it will fall. So, you see, you're blessed. And in Christ, there is peace. He said when he was leaving in John chapter 24 from verse, uh, sorry, John chapter 14 from verse 27 there he said, peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So he has peace. He has joy. Because we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because when you come to the creator, come on, he created all things. Every power in heaven and on earth is in his hands. He alone has authority to speak and, 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 and make it be so. So those of us who are in him, we have joy flowing like a river. We have blessings because he blesses and whatever God blesses, no one can curse. And whatever God curses, no one can bless. Like whatever door God opens, no one can shut. Whatever door God shuts, no one can open. So you see, he is the omnipotent God. But Satan is not. It's very powerful, but it's not all powerful. So there's a big difference. So this is the course under which people operate. And then somebody purports to deliver you from these courses and tell you it's ancestral curses. Let me tell you something. Even if your father and your mother, let me find the closest relatives to you. Even if they were Satan worshippers, 
pure idolaters by all accounts who have cursed God to his face and all things like that. When you, being mature enough to have senses and know what you are doing, come to Christ Jesus and give your life to Christ and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he, he came to the world for, and, and gave himself as the atoning sacrifice for your sins. And as such, you know, you want him to lord over your life. You want him to be your lord. You, you know he's your master. You believe he's God incarnate. And you believe he resurrected from the dead and the tomb was empty. Now you come to Christ and you give your life to him in that circumstance. And you say, Lord, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. You are the son of God. You came to the world for my sins. Your death on the cross is atoned for my sins. I know you because you say that once I come to you, I will be forgiven. Lord, forgive me all my sins. Do you know what? When you're baptized into his name, you come to Christ like that. It does not matter what your parents did. You are not under any curse. You are not. You've been set free by the Lord. So you keep running around people who are themselves in shackles to the devil, who claim to be freeing you and breaking curses. You're wasting your time. When you start to obey the Lord and walk in the Lord, and let me tell you, when you're obedient, you begin to produce fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And part of this fruit of the Spirit, part of the fruit of the Spirit, interestingly enough, is patience and perseverance. This is what people are lacking in. People want things to happen now. People want magic. You want, you believe automatically because you're in Christ Jesus now, you must be healthy, wealthy, and everything else. All things must abound to you. And so you think there's something wrong with your, with your Christianity because ever since you became a Christian, you're not yet, you haven't made that financial breakthrough. I hate that phrase. You haven't, you know, you, you haven't received it yet. You're still falling ill every now and then. Why won't you? I told you before, I said it uh, uh, once, I've, I'll say it a thousand times. This mortal body is fallible. It is only a covering for our souls. So it is subject to wear and tear and all kinds of sickness and things in the earth that we live in. God did not create sickness and diseases, but our sinfulness brought it along as with every other evil that surrounds us. And Jesus said to us, Jesus said, in this world, in, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. There will be trouble. So a person is telling you that because you are a child of God, you have to be wealthy, you know, poverty is a sin, and you mustn't, you know, you mustn't be sick. You've got to be perfect health always. They're lying to you. And they're only saying those things because eventually, you see, you are going to end up sewing into their pockets all kinds of monies to help them to deliver you. Oh, yes. I find it very curious. <clears throat> I find it very curious that the only time modern day preachers go back to obey anything in the Old Testament. Now, they tell you that Old Testament laws do not really count anymore and all that. Okay. But uh, they seem to make an exception when it comes to tithing. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> there are so many commands that the Israelites had to follow in those days. One of which was tithing. Yeah. Bring it a tenth of their... Of their um, harvest and everything to the house of the Lord. Interestingly enough, I don't hear a lot many preachers refer to the actual instruction on tithing, which is in Deuteronomy chapter 10, where it says there, you bring a tenth every year, bring a tenth of your earnings into the place 
where the Lord has designated for his name to be called. In other words, into the place of worship. And the Lord said, eat it and drink it there with your family. Enjoy it there. I am the Lord your God. He didn't say bring it, drop it into the hands of the priest and go away. No, he didn't say that. However, he said the tithe of every third year that you should bring and live in the house of worship for the aliens, for the poor, the needy, the widows, and also for the priests, because at the time the priests had no inheritance. The Lord said, we know they have no inheritance amongst you. So you bring the tithes of every third year and leave it there so that the, 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 the Levites, you know, who were the priests, they could also have something to eat so that there will always be food in my house, you know, for the poor, for the needy, for the oily, and for the widows, the fatherless, all those people. But it isn't so. Today it's all about money. Bring it every time and leave it in the house of the Lord. So people, all, all I hear preachers quote from is Malachi, where you're robbing God, and also Haggai, where he says, you know, you, you're earning money and putting it in, in pockets with holes in it because you, are not, you have not built the house of the Lord. God isn't asking us to go and build all those multi-million dollar uh, TV studios that people call houses of worship nowadays. The, the resources that come into the church are for the care of the people who were needy. In Acts of the Apostles, the people there, when they worked together, the Christians there, when they came to, when they believed the word, of, the word of God, when they believed the message of the gospel, and came and gave their lives to Christ, and all of them began to work together, what the Bible said to us, if we look at chapter 4 of Acts of the Apostles, from verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. We, you know, with great power and uh, the, the, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. That's what they did with the resources that came into the church. The, the believers were one. They now believe they were all the family of God. They were brothers and sisters. People didn't hold on. It's my car, my car, my house, my money, my this. No, they shared everything amongst themselves to make sure that they were all comfortable. To make sure they were all comfortable. And the ones who had been abundantly blessed by God, the rich and wealthy amongst them, they actually sold things and brought the money to the apostles to distribute to those who were needy among them. That's not going on in churches today. No, it's not. The poor stay poor. And they've still been milked of their very last penny. I watch preachers on television all the time saying to people, it doesn't matter if it's the last money you have. Sow it today into the kingdom of God and see what God's going to do because I'm going to pour out a special anointing and that's going to give you so much breakthrough you wouldn't believe it. So just sow the last money. It doesn't matter if it's your savings account. Just empty it into God's, God's bank, the kingdom. What are you talking about? And you know what happens? Yes, yeah, somebody does get rich. Somebody gets a financial breakthrough. It's the preacher, not the congregation. And they don't care. I heard one say recently, sow the seed, pay it on your credit card. Now he was asking for, uh, what was he asking for? It was um, 600 pounds for whatever it was. He claimed that God wanted to do a million dollar miracle for 300 people. And that translated, so everyone was to send in, the 300 people were to send in 
$1,000. Now, how do you know 300 people? I mean, who was to know how many places this thing was being broadcast at? Okay, so for the people in, 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 U, uh, in the UK and in Europe, that translated to either 600 euros or 600 pounds. <laughs> and he said to them, if you don't have it, sew it on your credit card and then challenge God to cancel your credit card. Where's that done? Money you pay on credit card is money you don't have. There are very many ways to identify these people and their false teachings. You don't need to be a prophet to discern them. But the trouble is, if you are not driven by the sense of covetousness and greed yourself, you will not fall for their gimmicks. When you are grateful to God, when you live a life of contentment, which the Bible says to us that godliness with contentment is great gain. When you live a life of contentment and gratitude to God for what he has done in your life, and so you entrust tomorrow into his hands. You want better circumstances, but you walk with God. You don't run around following miracle givers and miracle makers all over the place. God does not send anyone to make financial miracles. We don't have precedence of it in the Bible. It's not done. God does not even appoint specialized miracle makers. I've said it and I will say it again. It's not in the Bible that God appoints a person. You just go and make miracles. You, we are all appointed to go and preach the gospel. That is our job. And when you preach the gospel and you teach the, the word of God in truth, the people will grow to maturity. They will understand that there's no need for them to run around hunting down miracles. Because Satan is making these things abound before the people because he knows that the people love it. But when you devote yourself to the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ himself, that is when you'll be set free from those things. From all winds of teaching and all kinds of deception as we read in Ephesians that are rampant today. You keep, you're putting all your money in the church, you're sowing all these seeds in expectation of these miracles. They're not happening. You, you continue to sow the seed from ministry to ministry, from place to place, from year to year. And some people are buying private jets and buying Rolls Royces with it. And you are still struggling. Money you should spend on, on, on living a modest life in gratitude to God. You are sowing into those things. I had to, I couldn't, I told you last week I was going to tell you about this thing I received from Peter Popoff Ministries. I couldn't resist it because it was a free phone number. I don't usually waste money on such foolish phone calls or things like that, naturally. But because this was a, a free phone number, I phoned up because it was offering this uh, free fi- uh, miracle breakthrough package. And I thought, you know what? I've got to see this for myself. You know, they advertise those things and tell you all the time. So I phoned up. And I got this package last week. Very interesting. I mean, it's got so much literature, I can't begin to read it all. It's got, you know, pages and pages and pages of print. All personalized to me. All personalized to me. I must tell you that. They made a good effort. Obviously, they have a way of reading these things off off, off their printing press. You know, Sarah, this document contains secrets for amassing great wealth that are rightfully yours by birthright. That's interesting. So, anyway... I've got pages and pages. However, I've got three objects in there. I've got three things in there. First, I've got this Miracle Spring Water. It's a tiny little sachet. You know the sachets that people use, uh, companies use to give you sample perfumes? This is even less than that. (laughs) It's a tiny little um, plastic sachet of, I think, two drops of water or three. And it's labeled Miracle Spring Water. And I've got instructions which says, um, don't, I'm not to open that immediately. I'm not to open it immediately. Before I do open it, I've got another envelope there that I'm supposed to write my name and how much I need to um, for my financial miracle in it, and then I'm supposed to send a seed 
in with it of um, 30 pounds before I use this miracle water. And then after I've used it for five days, according to the instructions it's put in there, which I've not bothered to read because, like I said, it's far too much. I mean, I'll feel really guilty sitting around reading all this rubbish literature when I have, um, when I've got my Bible to study. But I've gleaned through it very briefly, trying to find something to do with um, salvation or forgiveness or sin in it or the kingdom of heaven or even hell. And there's nothing like that all over all of this literature. It's just about... I've got prophetic prayers for you. I've got a prophetic word for you. You know, you're going to, um, you're going to be rich. You're going to be prosperous. Or telling me all things I'm going to be. Then, I've got another thing. I've got a piece of tinsel, which um, is, is colored gold on one side and silver on the other. It's a piece of tinsel. And um, he calls this the breakthrough gold bracelet. Anyone will have to be an idiot to consider this a bracelet, let alone gold. It's only a piece of tinsel. However, before I can put that around my wrist, I've got instructions to follow. But before I follow the instructions, first again, I have to send a seed, a holy seed of um, £25 with that one. So at uh, £55 so far for my free breakthrough package, you know, I have to send that one before I use it. I'm not supposed to have opened these yet, actually, before sending the seeds. But because I'm not sending any seeds, I've opened them. And then finally, I have here uh, a piece of rubber. This one is for erasing my debts. You know, it's going to cancel my debts. And it's a piece of rubber. And um, on the one side is designed as a $100 bill. The other side of it is blank. And I was not supposed to have opened that either because before opening that again, I'm supposed to send another envelope. It's full of envelopes and letters. I'm supposed to send that envelope and put in a seed of £20 and write on that envelope how much I need to erase all my debts. (laughs) So I've got all those three things, all totaling £75 that I'm supposed to send back. Don't forget, it's a free miracle package. But, um, you know, my £75 is not charges but fees. Now, you can imagine what's going to happen if I did do that. I'll be bombarded day in, day out by all of the things because he's got a lot of other things on offer. He's still got the miracle handkerchief and all sorts of things, which is a piece of tissue. I know somebody who, who, who sent for that once. And this is going to carry on and going to carry on. And all he talks to me about, never mind salvation, doesn't even care whether I'm a Christian or not. It doesn't matter. You know, God wants to bless me anyway as far as he's concerned with all this money because I'm entitled to all this wealth and stupendous riches, he says. And he sent all these things to me. He's personal, personalized all the letters and all this nonsense. Do you know how many people are falling for these crazy gimmicks daily? Do you know? There must be millions. These guys, are, they've got everything they need financially. They've got jets, they've got estates and um, I'm supposed to out of my head and money because I work I'm a minister who works I work full-time you know I don't sit down on tithes we don't even tithe in my church because it's a it's not necessary it's not called for according to the gospel and um, so I'm supposed to take my head and money and send it to these guys because I'm wanting some breakthrough listen people wake up wake up Jesus said if you all to my teachings you prove yourselves to be my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You are not under a curse when you are in Christ Jesus. You are free and you are blessed. And if you be loyal to him, he will make all things abound to you. Not a fellow human being who can die any second now. 
If you put your trust in them, the Bible says, cursed is the one who puts their trust in man. You see where the curses come from? It's not from your grandmother, your dead grandfather. No, you invite it in by giving your life into the hands of Satan in very many ways. So, as I said, uh, this issue of contradictory doctrines, I still have quite a bit to say about it. So, we're still talking about Christianity. We probably still will for another two or three weeks. But until the next time, may the Lord guard your hearts in Jesus Christ. Amen.